Welcome to the Better Humans podcast, where each episode we dive in with an author from the Better Humans publication and discover advice and insight that actually works. To learn more about the articles we discuss, visit betterhumanspodcast.com or simply Google Better Humans. Now together, let's dig in and all become better humans. Welcome to the Better Humans podcast, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Yeah, your article is on fire. It has, it's gotten a ton of claps. I was just looking at it to prepare for this uh, interview and people love it. So you wrote how to be the best partner you can be. So I always start in the same spot, which is what inspired you to write this article? Oh, well, that's a good question because it's definitely, you know, not been the easiest year for mental health. Um, I am a couples therapist and I've been doing this, my gosh, for a really long time. I started started studying in 1988, <laughs> but it has been one of the busiest years ever. I've never, you know, had a situation where I just had to turn so many people away and all the people who work at my practice, you know, are full and we're having trouble finding people to refer out to. Um, just because there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of division in the world. Um, I guess as there always is, but this year in particular, people have really been struggling with that. And it's been hard to feel like I haven't been able to meet everybody's needs. You know, there's only so much you can say, okay, well, I'll start an hour earlier or I won't have a lunch break. And and so, you know, I really did like the idea of trying to do some writing. And I started writing. I found Medium, which is amazing, and um, was thinking that it would be really good to give a full article. So many articles are like really great, you know, four minute, you know, how to, how to manage your conflict better, this or that problem that you're having. But I thought it would be really good to kind of give people an opportunity to understand how to look at their relationship in a much bigger way, you know, kind of taking, you know, the, uh, the bird's eye view and really looking at some of the good things about their relationship to help people feel a little more connected. And, um, and it was my way of trying to teach people what I know, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. And you say in this article, uh, you're, I shouldn't say you say you give some amazing, um, questions, I guess is a good way to say it. Like you give a series of questions and you take the reader behind the scenes of a couple's therapy assessment process. And the article's really long, and we're kind of skipping down <laughs> to uh, my favorite part of it. Uh, but I want to dig in on those questions. Is that cool? Sure, absolutely. Let's and you say, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say, uh, you know, each question will reflect a different level of, um, I don't know, I guess the process. But you start with how well do you and your partner know each other? So why is that a good place to start? Right. So so this these questions are all based on the research of Dr. John Gottman, who did a longitudinal study. He started with people when they came back from their honeymoons. So he did a lot of research to really see what 
leads to relationship happiness and what leads people to be either unhappy or, or, or separate, divorce. And so these, um, basically, he divided all the different aspects of a relationship into nine different categories. And so what I did is I looked at each category and, and had a question to go with that category, because a lot of times when you're looking at your relationship, either you're looking at the problems and kind of over fixating on what's wrong with your relationship or the good stuff you don't focus on because it's you might kind of take it for granted. So each of these questions reflects a different part of the big picture that makes up a healthy relationship. So the first question, how do you, how well do you know each other? The reason that starts is like the baseline, the absolute foundation of a relationship is because we want to feel like we have a witness in our life. We want to feel like, you know, our partner knows who we are. They know how we like our coffee. They know, you know, who's getting on our nerves at, at work. And so that way, you know, when we go to work, we feel like we've got somebody kind of in our back corner. And when that person is getting on our nerves, we know we can go home and kind of talk to our partner about it. And it and it makes it a little easier to go through the world feeling like there's somebody who really knows you, knows who you are, knows what's going on in your life. And the way to do that in a to keep that strong in a relationship is to like get into a regular habit of just asking each other questions that are open-ended. That's not, you know, do we need milk or did you walk the dogs? But more like, Hey, you know, how is everything going at work these days? Or, you know, how are you feeling about, you know, how we're dealing with COVID with the kids? Um, just so that you feel like somebody cares is mm. really, I, I would say the overarching you know, crucial aspect of that level of the house. And you say these questions like they're open-ended and they are uh, questions that don't have a right answer. Correct. Yeah, so. <laughs> even if you, even if you think there's a right answer, you try <laughs> to kind of be open-minded that your partner might not see it the same way as you. <laughs> okay, great. So you'd say like that example you gave was what has been frustrating you at work these days is a good example mm -hmm. of that. It's awesome. Okay. Right. Then the next, uh, the number two was, do you feel liked and appreciated? How do you express fondness and admiration towards your partner? Can we chat through that? Sure. So, so everybody needs to feel appreciated. It's not just little kids who need to feel like somebody noticed that they emptied the dishwasher. And a lot of times, you know, we forget to say the good stuff to the person that matters the most, right? Like you just get in the habit of saying, thank you, have a nice day to maybe the person at CVS. But are you in the habit of, you know, expressing that you think your partner's funny, smart, a great cook, you know, and reminding them that they're great aspects of who they are. And especially important, Matt, is, is to do that even if you might be annoyed at them for something they said last night, you know, they still might look cute. <laughs> Even if they maybe like weren't listening to you when you were talking to them. So if you express the appreciation, then when you do have things that are frustrating or maybe some conflict, it almost provides a little bit of a cushion because mm -hmm. you feel like, you're having a conflict with somebody who cares about, you know, cares about you and somebody who thinks you're awesome. And then it makes it a lot easier to look at maybe some parts of yourself that you can just improve a little bit. That's awesome. That, so, 
that make sense? Yeah, it's great. So the tip you give with that is express gratitude with free flowing generosity, which is great. <laughs> and your example is you've got such a great sense of humor. Thanks for making me laugh. That's great. It's okay. So the third question is, what's your relationship like on a Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. So it's actually one of my clients who brought this to my attention of the, you know, when you're really, when things are going really well, it's not how you feel on a vacation, nor is it how you feel in the middle of a fight. It's how do you feel just most of the time? How are you treating one another on a regular basis? You know, are you speaking to one another with kindness? You know, if I said, hey, Matt, like, it looks like it's going to snow out. And you were like, silent. I would think, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to mention that to Matt anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you said to me, oh, really? <laughs> it's so subtle, right? It might seem like this really obvious thing. Oh, really? It's snowing? Yeah, I can't believe it. I didn't know it was supposed to snow. It's this little micro connection where I say something and you show me that it matters and I know that you care. And, and those are the things that we know from the research, actually, that matter a lot more than, than anybody even realized. Hmm. You know, the kind of things like somebody holds a door for you and you're like, oh, thanks. It's mm -hmm. it. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's just like a basic common thing. Like, what do you, how do you normally treat each other? And if you reach out to somebody to show them that you want to connect with them and they show you, even if they don't have time, even if you're like, oh, sorry, I can't look out the window right now, Laura, to see if it's snowing because I'm, I'm doing a podcast or something, then, then at least you're showing me like, what you, you know, what's going on for you is important. It's just that I have something else to do right now. Mm -hmm. So, so the idea is, you know, thinking about how are you in the habit of treating your partner when they reach out to you and show you that they're interested? And are you reaching out to them to show them that you're interested in what's on their mind as well? Mm -hmm. That's great. And, uh, so tip number four is take a step back and reset when you notice. Oh, that's yeah, that's tip number four. Hold on, I got lost. Oh, hold on. Number four was, is there a rain cloud hovering over your relationship? <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is the concept of, you know, in general, do you have a positive connotation with your partner? Mm. And so I like to think about this as, you know, you know you're in that negative space when you're already annoyed at somebody and you're driving home, you haven't even seen them yet today because in your head, you're thinking to yourself, Oh my gosh, I'm going to walk into the house. It's going to be a mess. There's going to be like spaghetti on the floor. And so the person is kind of already in trouble before they've even had a chance. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the better thing is when you're just kind of thinking, Oh, I, I can't wait to see my partner. Like, I wonder how their day was. Mm -hmm. And so depending how you enter a situation and where your brain is, like how your, what your mind space is in, when you enter the house and there's like spaghetti on the floor, if you're in a positive state, you'll be like, Oh my gosh, what did you cook? Like, let's clean this up. You know? But if you're in a negative space, you'll be like, this is exactly what I expected. And you're such a slob and it's not worth it anyway. You know, you just can kind of go off to the races. And even if, the, even if the kitchen was clean, 
the person almost doesn't even get credit for it. When you're in a negative space, it's almost like you're, you think, oh, well, the kitchen is supposed to clean. You, you know, you don't get a medal for, mm. you know, wiping mm. out on the counter. Mm-hmm. And the tip, so, that I, the tip that I already gave yeah, for that, that was, so <laughs> take a step back and reset when you notice you're feeling annoyed, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, yeah, you can't force yourself to be positive <laughs> because that's going to come across as sarcastic. But what you can do is kind of notice when you're driving home that you're already annoyed. That's the place of prevention. Oh, uh, okay. That's great. Does that make sense? Total sense. Total sense. That's great. So then the fifth question is, do you speak your truth with kindness during and after conflict? Yeah. Conflict. We could have a whole podcast <laughs> on just conflict because there's a lot of great information and, and there's a lot of ways that it can go well and a lot of ways it can go sideways. But the main take home message for conflict is, are you taking the time to speak with respect? You're going to be upset. You know, your partner is a knucklehead. I'm sure like everybody's partner is a knucklehead and they mess up sometimes. Um, But the question is, when you are having a conflict, are you slowing down enough to make sure that you are still being respectful in how you're speaking to your partner? And also afterwards, are you having a repair so that it doesn't just go unresolved and then you're not talking for a few days. So to really loop back, even if you messed up, even if you said things you shouldn't have said, but to reach back and to really apologize or say, hey, you know, I really do want to hear what you were saying. You know, can we kind of have a do over? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned an important part of the article that got highlighted a lot, I realized, or I noticed was you said, if you twisted my arm and asked me to narrow down all my conflict advice into one communication skill, it would be to take a break when things begin to escalate. Oh, yeah. Right, because we don't want to be mean. We just, like People don't intend to be mean. They really don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Very, very few people. I mean, maybe there are some, but, but not the most of the people that I meet. They, they don't want to say mean things. What happens is... You know, you get into a fight-flight response, you know, your adrenaline is going, your cortisone levels are high, and you say things that you regret. And what I recommend is just slow down, take a break, go take a shower, go walk the dog. And that way, your heart rate will come down, you're, you know, you'll stop sweating, you'll be able to have access to your frontal cortex, which is important. <laughs> uh, and as soon as you're able to do that, then... You're going to be it'll be much easier to do the the other advice, which is to speak your, you know, speak your truth with kindness. Um, If you're too upset, it doesn't come out with kindness. Ah, That's awesome. And uh, the sixth question is, do you support one another in reaching for your dreams? Why is that important? Because we want to grow human beings want to grow and they have important, exciting things that they want to achieve in the world. And sometimes when we get kind of caught up with day-to-day life, we forget to think about, you know, what are the things that are really important to us? You know, what are the kinds of things that, you know, we want our kids to be telling our grandkids to be telling their grandkids. And so when you have a really healthy relationship, you've got a process where, 
both people are talking about their dreams and they're saying, hey, you know, what's on your bucket list? Um, is there anything that you want to be doing? Like any class that you want to be taking? Um, and, and, and even more so, you know, how can I support you in doing that so that we don't just kind of keep going like on a Monday and a Tuesday and, and not really making sure that we are making the contribution that we want to make to the world or having this success. And it doesn't even, you might not even know what that success is. You might not know what your partner's dreams are unless you ask them. Hmm. And having those conversations takes a little bit of intentionality because somebody has to bring up the topic. It's not a day-to-day con- you know, conversation of what are your life dreams, you know? Hmm. But if you can make it part of your conversation you're probably going to learn a lot. And then the next time there's an opportunity that you see, you know, there's some pottery class and you know, your, your partner really, really wants to have a pottery show. You're going to, you know, make sure that, that you do what you can to support that to happen. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's awesome. And so question number seven is, are you planning a life of fun together? Right. Fun. You've got to have fun. Um, you know, a relationship is not just managing a household and, you know, exporting healthy, happy kids, right? A, a relationship is where you have a friendship and feeling like you are spending your time together in a way that's deliberate and, um, and you're doing things that, that bring you joy. And so it's super helpful to sit back and think about, you know, um, not only what are my dreams personally or what are your dreams personally, but then then this this other level is about what are our dreams as a couple? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we want to be spending our time and what kind of, you know, how do we want to celebrate anniversaries and, um, you know, birthdays and. Uh, what, what are the kind of spiritual things in our life that are important to us? Just again, to make sure that, that there's fun and connection that's happening, um, at that level. Hmm. Hmm. That's great. That's great. And then the eighth question is, do you trust that your partner has the best interest at heart? Has your best interest at heart? I'm sorry. Do you, do you trust that your partner has your best interest at heart? Right. Because we want to look at trust in a, uh, I think there's kind of two ways to look at trust and, and some, some couples get bogged down in how they're thinking about trust. Um, so I like to really look at trust as, you know, does your partner have your best interest at heart? Do they want you to succeed? You know, are they happy when you're succeeding? Um, are they sad when you have disappointments? Are they a shoulder to cry on, you know, in times of need? And sometimes people get a little bit focused with trust on, you know, when people say they're going to do something and they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that is a human reality, right? Mm-hmm. That some people might forget, they might have every intention, you know, to do a better job at remembering whatever it is that you asked them to do, right? So you said, I really want you to be in charge of doing laundry and and you forgot, (laughs) right? So then sometimes people will think of trust as like, I trusted you, you know, I, I, and, and I encourage it to be much more like, you know, when you're, Sue Johnson is a phenomenal therapist. She, she talks about like, 
does your world stop when I'm in pain? Does my world stop when you're in pain? That's when I, when you think about trust, it's somebody that is absolutely there for you when you need them to be. Mm -hmm. And they are also going to forget things. (laughs) So, so that, so, so by looking at trust with a capital T and a, and a small T, it, it makes you happier because I think it's a lot easier to succeed. Right. At the first part. And then, Hopefully. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> you you are crushing it. So then number nine is, are you willing to keep cherishing your partner in your lifelong journey? Right. So this is really about commitment. Um, are you going to cherish your partner even though, you know, there are going to be times where it's not fun and exciting and, you know, uh, new, new things happening every day. You know, there might be people that you're seeing who have skills that your partner doesn't have, or they have qualities your partner doesn't have. And the thing that really works in terms of commitment for couples, it's cherishing your partner for who they are, not looking at who they are not and wishing they were different. Mm, Very, very, very true. Interesting. Awesome. You crushed this. This was your first podcast you ever did. <laughs> I did one other podcast. Oh, you um, did do one really other. I, you're a, you're like a you're like a veteran then. <laughs> Is that right? You got two and I'm a veteran? That's awesome. In my book, there's a big difference between <laughs> one and two. No, no, you did awesome. This is awesome. Uh, real quick, how did you uh, like what thanks. drove you to become a family therapist? <laughs> you know, I had my parents really believe that we're here in the world to make a difference. And I was raised with the belief that the world, and this is going to sound super sappy, Matt, but it's true for me, like that, that I want the world to be a better place. And my parents were my gosh, they, I mean, they were marching with, with Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, right before I was born. And so I was inspired by, I think, my parents that here, you know, my time in the world, like, I hope that, I hope that maybe some people can feel more loved because, you know, they learned some things from me mm. and, um, and that, you know, and I don't even want to sound arrogant because I think everybody has this, like everybody has something that they can contribute to the world. So I felt really fortunate. And, and, um, and I was one of those kids, like I found a journal recently that I wrote in like third grade and, you know, it was, what do you want to be when, when you grow up? And, and I basically described being a therapist, even though I didn't know what it was. I was like, I want to be, I want to be kind of like a guidance counselor, except I want to talk to people more than just, just in school for a little bit. It was, it was almost like I, I knew awesome. what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yes. But I'm lucky. I don't think everybody knows so early. Ah, that's awesome. So do you still enjoy it and like, love it? Like you always have? I absolutely do. I love it. Do you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I I was just going to say, you know, it's, (laughs) I still sometimes feel like, like, is it fair for me to get paid to do what I do? Because Uh, I, I 
Yeah, it's a great feeling because I get to watch people make changes in their life. And people are so open and honest and real with me. And it's a real gift um, that they're able that they trust me with their deepest secrets, you know. And your practice, you practice like in where you live or are you doing like, do you do Zoom calls like across the country or how's that work? Right. Well, thank goodness, you know, I'm in a, I, I'm able to, to do this through telehealth. So it's, it's safe for me. And, and so I'm on the computer. I, I have to see people only in Pennsylvania because of the way that my license works. Um, so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm either upstairs in my attic and my little makeshift office, or I'll go to my actual physical office and, and do therapy there as a way to to be separated, you know, kind of have that professionalism, <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. put some shoes on. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, you, you did awesome. I love this interview and, um, your article's amazing. It has 1.7 thousand claps. Oh, and I haven't <laughs> given it claps yet. I need to do that here. I'm, I'll clap you oh, up right now. We'll bump you up a little thank bit. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. Yeah. Was this your first article that you wrote or you've been writing them? Um, this was my first article for better humans. Yeah. Um, I was so honored that they published it, but I, I started writing for medium in, um, in November and it's been really great. I mean, I think everybody's been needing to find a way during COVID to have an outlet or a different way to reach people. I'm kind of an extrovert, so it hasn't been the easiest for me. And it's like a way to connect with people in this different kind of one way you know, communication. Although it's great because people, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting myself, but, but what's really nice is that people leave comments and like you get into these conversations with people. Um, and, and I feel like I have friends, you know, on this little, uh, just by commenting back and forth. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And you have a, I just was looking at your profile. So you have a free five day email course. Is that a thing mm-hmm. still? Okay, awesome. Yeah, I can direct people there. You're good with that. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. That'd be great. Okay, cool. What's it good for? Like, what's so somebody should sign up if what? So it, you know, if you are, it's really triggered for people who are in a relationship. It could be, uh, you know, it's it's I think triggered for uh, people in romantic relationships with how to basically do the four main communication skills that lead to productive um, conversations. So mm. it's like a communication skills training uh, course with the, the four main things that lead either to a successful relationship uh, conversation or a unsuccessful conversation slash fight. Uh, okay, great. I'm reading your profile. So you say idealist, idealistic Couples therapist, <laughs> yeah. educator, and writer. Why idealistic? Oh, well, that goes back to wanting to change the world, you know? Ah, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. All right. I'll stop drilling you with questions. You crushed it. Good job. That was awesome. You're welcome back anytime. If you write some more articles, make sure to come back. I, uh, You made everybody smarter, and that was awesome. Oh, Matt, that is so kind. So kind for you to say that. I really, really appreciate you giving me a chance, especially, you know, we've never even met and you're just allowing me to kind of come on this show and, and have a conversation. And it's been super fun. I'm really glad to, to meet you. All right. Well, you rocked it. We'll get this thing published. And if you ever need anything, let me know. And if you ever publish again on Better Humans, uh, come back on. OK, definitely will. All right. Bye bye. OK, bye.